Hello friends, welcome to another snippet of Under the Influence, the weekly planetary transit peak brought to you by Portal, human design app. The first human design app that is going to be, will be, is being created to be community oriented, which let's be real, community, relationships, it's all up. It's goddamn Libra season. Happy October, everyone. We're going to do a deep dive today since last week I took some time to be in my own space and, you know, feel the self. After all, in all successful relationships, whether it is the relationship between my voice playing through your speakers or me and the other in literal form or you and your friends, you and your partner, you and your lover, you and your business, self and other, We have to really care for the self first. It's so true. It's so deep. It's so profound to actually do that. And when we're sitting with the earth in Aries, I am the first house, astrologically speaking, and the sun in Libra, the house of partnership, of equilibrium. You can't have self without other, excuse me, and you cannot have balance without tending to the self first before tending to the other in my opinion. Now, you might feel no otherwise, but yes, we we have the earth in the gate of opinions right now, the gate 17, and it's going to be transiting out. But before we dive into the actual transits of the week, I want to invite you to take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath. Pull air in through your nose. All around you right now is this beautiful thing called air. A mixture of all of these magical elements that we get to breathe in and feed ourselves with. So before we get into the intellectual information of this transmission of these transits, please take a deep breath, take another one and another one and another one and feel your body. Mercury is still in retrograde. Mercury's opposing Neptune. Venus is opposing Jupiter. The sun is very casually opposing Chiron. And so let's just get out of our heads. Yeah? Now, of course, this is a projection. (laughs) This is a projection. Anything I say is based on my own experience. And you may be like, Alyssa... I am not in my head. And if you're not, great. Then drop even farther into your body, taking one more deep breath, pulling the air into your nose, holding it at the top of your head, and sighing yourself into an exhale that drops you right into the beautiful vessel that is your body. Now, if you're rolling your eyes, that's fine. Keep rolling them. But as you move through listening to this podcast, hopefully those eye rolls become more and more and more reverent to your breath. Sometimes when we listen to transits, we go into this kind of predictive mode. And, you know, if there's one thing human design teaches us, it's that we're not here to make decisions with our mind. We're not. If you've been doing that, just ask yourself, how has that been working for me thus far? Do I tend to feel more anxious, more contracted, more pensive when I make decisions with my mind? And if so, take another deep breath. Now... As you breathe there, just let yourself smile and let yourself receive this information, not for your mind to chew on or fear or get into a suspicious, predictive, Confucius mode, but instead for your body to hear. Allow your body, your mind, your brain to be receptive to all of it and to not jump to analyzing it, but just to absorb it the same way your lungs absorb oxygen. You don't have to think about it. It just happens. So let's get into the transits for the week. We'll start with October 2nd and we'll move until the 8th of October. Because even though we might say that the the past doesn't always predict the future, it is good to look at where we're coming from in order to see where we're going. Currently, the sun 
again, the planet that brings our attention to something, right? The spotlight, the kind of, uh, the brilliance, the illumination, the radiance. The sun is just finishing its transit through the gate 18, the gate of correction. This is a splenic gate. It's very logical. It's pattern oriented. Work on what has been spoiled. Now, as the sun has moved through this gate, it's been opposing the earth in the gate 17, the gate of opinions, okay? The gate of opinions is also a logical gate. However, the gate of opinions, you know, through the last week has probably brought our awareness to the fact that opinions are not endpoints. They are not endpoints. They're generative. They're part of a cycle. They are part of a spiral. They feed us. They are part of our awareness. So let's take that information and let's look at where we're heading with it. Okay, so the sun has been sitting in this gate, 18. Work work on what has been spoiled and it's moving into yet another micro archetype of Libra. Justice, fairness, equilibrium, harmony, balance. Sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. It is moving from the gate 18, work on what has been spoiled, into yet another logical gate, the gate 48, the well, the gate of depth. This is also a splenic gate, okay? So it's survival-oriented. It wants to know the patterns. And this this gate, this energy that the sun is going to be sitting in, needs a foundation okay the gate 48 think about think about a well for a second there is a depth there or not right but generally when a well dries up what do we do we dig deeper right we try to find water further into the earth and that's what this gate does it wants a depth of pattern it wants to be able to store a depth of pattern However, this is not, this gate 48 is not mental. It's splenic. It's body awareness. It's the body having a stored depth of pattern. It is instinctual. It is an instinct for pattern. Now, where do you store patterns? in your body well in your memory right think about that moment when you're walking down the street it's a cool october day you're with your friend you're laughing and you walk by a bakery and all of a sudden the scent of bread wafts into your nostrils and you are transported back to a memory this is a pattern scent nostalgia, recall, memory, whole body sensation based on the memory. That's a pattern. That's this gate, the gate 48. It is depth. It's a depth of awareness based on patterns, awareness of patterns. And so as the sun sits in the gate 48, it's asking us, hey, listen, I need you to relax into your instinct. Okay, I need you to relax into your instinct. I need you to be present. I need you to feel the depth. I need you to feel the depth. And for a moment, for a moment, as the sun moves into the gate 48 and the earth into the gate 21, the gate of control, which we'll talk about in a moment, we're going to have this momentary lighting up of the channel of judgment the 1858 the moon will transit through the 58 relatively quickly again the moon moves really quick and we'll get this transit lit up where we maybe for a moment have this insight into how we can correct some of our less than optimal patterns now if you're seeing this for other people if you're going oh yeah you know ah, not only am i seeing my own spaces and places where I can correct patterns I'm also seeing where others can please goddamn wait to be invited please I mean you don't have to but if you want it to go smoothly wait for them to invite you to speak to the pattern otherwise keep it to yourself 
or ask really good questions that illuminate that you might just know the pattern or have some kind of insight into how to correct it. Okay, so that's quite momentary. That's on Sunday, October 2nd, for a couple hours, a handful of hours. And then, and then, and then, and then, what ends up happening is as we settle into the sun sitting in the gate 48, we start to really get this understanding of the kind of opposing gates here the gate 48 that gate of depth the well the one i just explained to you and the gate 21 okay the gate 21 is an aries ruled gate it's called biting through the gate of control this is a will center gate and we're going to go into this a little bit more but this gate works really well with the gate 48 however if you are conceptualizing these concepts oh depth of stored pattern cool that's mental that's my mind and control yeah that's my mind too take a deep breath if you are going there right now take a deep breath that is where we're all conditioned to go oh i have to figure it all out in my mind i've got to store the patterns in my mind i've got to control everything through my mind not the case here not the case and this is where look if you're going cool it's a, this sounds pretty i don't really get what you're saying all you need to do is follow your strategy and authority. These are energies we are under the influence of. Meaning that if you don't have these in your body graph, for example, if you don't have the gate 48 nor the gate 21, these are energies that you are under the influence of. So don't identify with them. Allow them to inform you, to educate you, to put you through an experience of sensing and feeling and awareness. Okay. And before we get into looking at the gate 21 and the gate 48 and how they work together and how they play together, I want to just paint this picture for you if you're going, okay, cool, but in this moment, I'm not feeling clarity around how to follow my strategy and authority. Let me paint you the picture of why it's so important to respond from your sacral, why it's so important to you know, feel your emotional wave and allow it to give you clarity, awareness, and energy over time, why it's so important to listen to that subtle splenic whisper and be in your body why it's so important to you know have that that process of speaking reflecting feeling yourself taking time alone if you have g-centered authority why it's so important to you know speak and listen to the resonance of your voice if you have will centered authority why it's so important to hone your environment if you have mental if you are a mental projector so on and so forth why are these things so important well okay imagine this for a second imagine you're sitting working at your computer you're typing on your computer you're doing your thing i walk over to you and i go hey you can you hold this for me and you're like uh i'm trying to work and i've got a deadline i've got to meet but like sure i guess so you put out your hand and i hand you a hot cup of coffee and you're sitting there holding the hot cup of coffee while you're computing while you're typing Okay. You're like, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. And then I come back over and I'm like, Hey, you know, can you also take this pastry? And can you just hold my coffee and my pastry for like a second, please? And you're like, sure. So you try to hold both in one hand while you're still typing. You're probably not going to type very well, or you're going to spill the coffee and drop my pastry on the ground because you are trying to do two things at once when really actually you're trying to do more than two things at once. You're breathing, you're thinking, you're typing, you're holding my shit. You're probably a little bit aggravated at me. There's a lot happening there. This is what we do to our mind when we saddle it with the responsibility of decision-making. Now, many of you might be like, what the fuck? I thought that's what my mind was for. Think again. We are nine-centered beings now. We are not beings who have a mental awareness for decision-making anymore. We are not seven-centered beings. So what we are doing by saying, hey, look, follow your in-the-body, short of being a mental projector or a reflector, follow your in-the-body authority, your inner authority, and follow your strategy, and then use that inner authority for decision-making rather than using your mind. What we're doing is we're taking the pastry and the coffee that I asked you to hold out of your hand. And what that does is it allows the mind to decision make no more. 
So the mind stops decision making. It's it's now got one less thing it's got to put energy into. And so what it can do is focus on what it is here to do. What it gets to do is be awareness. It gets to measure. It gets to question. It gets to interface with inspiration and awareness. And now all of a sudden, the mind is working well. It's less anxious. It's less fatigued. It's less confused. Why? Because it's not saddled with this extra job of holding the metaphorical coffee and pastry. When you take decision-making away from your mind, your mind gets to be awareness. And when your mind gets to be awareness, because your body has taken the responsibility of decision-making, you're open to a lot more information and a lot less anxiety and more of a calm You're able to transmute things that come into your awareness faster. You're able to transform them. For example, I was just sitting with a friend on Friday night. We were having a conversation. We were having a conversation about body responses and feeling anxiousness, right? And what I painted the picture of for her was that I realized because I wasn't using my mind to try to make a decision about why I was feeling anxious and I just let my body move through it. After I was feeling this anxiousness, something came into my field that that anxiousness had actually prepared me for. That anxiousness actually got me clear on something. Now, if I was sitting in a victim state and I was trying to use my mind to figure this all out, I don't think I would have had the awareness to see that the anxiousness actually pre-prepared me. The anxiousness was my body in a state of instinct, gate 48, stored depth of patterns, resource. The anxiousness was the tap on my shoulder that said, Alyssa, please pay attention to this. Now, if I had tried to wrap my mind into figuring it all out, which let's be honest, when it first hit, I did, I'm conditioned too, but I came out of it relatively quickly. When I came out of it, I could see, hey, if you had stayed in full awareness with your mind, rather than trying to decision make about the anxiety, you would have seen that this anxiousness that you were feeling for a moment was actually preparing you for something that your body was already feeling in your field. Our mind is here to be awareness. Awareness of our body's stored patterns. Awareness of extrasensory perception coming in. Awareness of what's happening in the body. The mind is here to be awareness. And so when we take away the decision-making component from the mind, it can breathe again. It can expand into awareness again. And boy, (laughs) are our minds vast in their capacity to be aware, as long as they're not decision-making. And so that's where as you listen to this, as you listen to the transits, as you look at your body graph, as you look at how transits impact you, you know, keep in your awareness that nothing is happening isolated. This is all happening at once. It's harmonious chaos. It's beautiful. So. Relax into your instinctual awareness. Allow your body to guide you through the decision-making process. And then let your mind be awareness of the mental plane. Of the psychic plane. You know, start to notice what happens when your mind is freed up from decision-making. Okay, enough down that rabbit hole, though it is all interconnected. Sun in the gate 48, that's stored depth of pattern, the well, this resourcefulness, okay? And then we've got the earth in the gate 21 biting through. Now this gate 21 is a gate that is part of tribal circuitry, okay? It sits right in the will center. And as I mentioned before, it is the gate of control. Now, As soon as the earth 
starts to make its way through this Aries gate, this gate of control, we collectively come under the influence of the channel called the money line. It's where tribal circuitry makes it up to the throat. Okay. Now, before we dissect what it's going to feel like and what our attention is being pulled toward when we come under the collective transit that is everyone getting the definition of the money line, the 4521, I want to just look at the progression from the gate 17, which is where the earth currently is now on October 2nd, into the gate 21. Okay, so the gate 17 has been lit up for a minute because Jupiter was transiting, excuse me, through the gate 17. This is an Ajna gate, it's logical and it's in the logical sharing circuitry. Okay, so again, it's looking for patterns that it wants to correct. It's very visual. Now, I want you to imagine this for a second. Opinions are not endpoints. That's what this gate is trying to show us. Opinions are not endpoints. Specifically, with this gate, it's about leading and following, leading and following, leading and following. So this gate 17, imagine a, a, a cycle, imagine a circle, okay? And there's kind of like arrows pointing down the circle and the top of the circle leads to the bottom of the circle. The bottom of the circle leads to the top, right? It's a, it's a system that feeds itself. This is the gate 17. Perfect following is perfect leading. Now, if we zoom way out, that makes sense, right? If we zoom way out, and we say, hmm, if I'm perfectly following, right, if I'm aware of what's happening as I follow, if I follow the planetary transits, for example, if I follow them, then I'm privy to the information of them. Again, this is logic. If I'm privy to the information of them, I can see patterning. I can see, oh, Every time the moon goes into a Cancerian gate, you know, I feel a little sensitive. Every time the moon goes into a Capricorn ruled gate, I get a little defensive. Every time, right, we can start to see these patterns. We can start to see patterns that allow us to form opinions. And then those opinions, thoughts, inform how we move through the world. Those opinions inform our actions. We're following something. We're following a thought. We're following a pattern. And as we do, we are able to kind of perfect, though perfection is momentary because it's logical and its logic is future-oriented, so it can always improve itself, right? So we are able to follow a pattern. We're able to take that pattern and use it to perfect a behavior. And then we get a little bit higher up on the spiral, Right? And then we find, oh, you know, this isn't working anymore. And it kind of starts over. Perfect following is perfect leading. If you hire a coach, if you use the portal app and you're allowing yourself to be led by an exogenous and extra and outside of you sense of information... And you follow that which is leading you, eventually you give it your own flavor, right? Eventually it becomes your own and then you are leading yourself. So that's this gate 17. Now, that's the energy we've been sitting in for the last week. And this gate 17 is going to usher us into the gate 21, specifically the earth. So we've got this earth transiting the gate 21. Now remember, the earth is the stage on which the spotlight shines. The spotlight is the gate of depth. And spotlights on the gate of depth, on the stage that is control, okay? On the stage that is this gate biting through. This is the huntress or the hunter. Now think about hunting for a second. It requires instinct, it requires patience, it requires pattern recognition, and it requires us to be able to trust the instinct over the ego. 
Okay. Now, ironically, this is a ego or will centered gate. But this speaks to, you know, what ego can be, what willpower can be when it's guided by our instinct as opposed to when it's guided by our mind. Which, you know, we could say is ego. Alan Watts has this great thing when he talks about ego and he's like, look, if your vision is healthy, if your vision is healthy, then you don't even think about your vision. But the moment you start to see weird fractals of light or you start to see these little spots flying everywhere, then you start thinking about your vision because it's not healthy. And this is how this is a metaphor he uses to talk about ego. If you if you if you can feel your ego, if your ego's in the way, you're going to notice it. If it's not healthy, you're going to notice it. You don't notice your knee until it starts hurting. You don't notice your ego until it starts hurting. Take a deep breath. <laughs> so we've got this gate 21, the gate of control. And this gate 21 wants us to reinforce that body awareness. The body as inner authority. That inner authority informed by our senses, informed by the frequencies that our bodies are translating into information that then we perceive and utilize. It's going, hey, take a deep breath. Drop into your instinct. Turn off your mind. If you're walking through the woods and you're hunting and you are in your head about something that happened three days ago because you didn't have control over it, it didn't land how you wanted it to, and oh my God, it's the end of the world, and you're so pulled into the narrowness of the anxious mind, the mind, the not-self, you're not aware of anything around you. You can't see the footprints. You can't see the little bit of fur rubbed off on a tree or the droppings from the deer, you're not going to see any of it because you are being held, being controlled by your mind, by your not self, by, you know, we could say the low octave expression of ego. Now, if you're going, holy shit, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, no kidding. I experience it too. We're all human (laughs) and we've all been conditioned and it's fun. It's fun. It's fun to decondition. It's fun to dissolve the ways that don't work and to explore and find and discover ways that do. And what that allows us to do is maintain, you know, what it what allows what this concept of Staying connected to the instinct, staying present in the moment, letting our body feed to us the subtle information we have stored. What this allows us to do is feel our resourcefulness. Think about when you are in a situation, recall when you are in a situation where you don't feel resourced, what starts happening? You start trying to white knuckle, right? Think about when you've snapped at someone. Think about when something did not go your way and you felt like someone pulled a rug out from underneath you. Generally, we try to grasp for control, right? We try to go, oh boy, this doesn't feel safe. Control, control, control. But think about when you can feel yourself resourced from the inside and you are put in a strange situation And you are able to maintain that sense of inner authority, that sense of feeling resourced from within. You don't need to control a damn thing outside of you, do you? Generally, we try to control the outside when we don't feel control on the inside. And that is what this earth-sun axis is trying to bring our awareness to. Let the store depths of pattern make you feel resourced. And when you feel resourced in your own being, in your own body, that is when you will know 
how to maintain control without having to maintain it. That is when you will start to trust your instincts, trust your value, trust your worth, and trust your own beingness as its authority. Not authority over someone else, authority within itself. Okay, so we get this, right? We're, we're feeling this and we're feeling the gate 21, the gate of control. We're feeling the gate 48, the gate of depth. These are body, body themes here. And the reason I continue to highlight that is because control has been such a mental concept, right? Oh, I've got to be strategic. I've got to make sure this happens and that happens and same with it. Not the case. Now, let's look at this channel, the money line, because we've got Mars. We've got Mars transiting through this gate. Now, remember, Mars is the energy dynamic. It is the mutation, right? It, it's the warrior. Once it feels momentum, it's got momentum. Once it feels momentum, it's moving toward change. It's moving toward a shift, okay? And this gate is the voice of the tribal leader. Again, like I said, this is where tribal circuitry makes it up to the throat center. The gate 45, gathering together. This gate is, you know, the the queen or the king or the master or the mistress. And the 21 is the huntress or the hunter. You know, we're looking at resources here. So collectively, every single one of us are going to be under the influence of the money line, the 4521, a gate that connects the will or the ego to the throat. And a gate, a channel, or the gates, the channel, that is all about material resources, the material plane resources in general and the distribution of those resources now this is the design of a materialist it is and what we know about material is that it's not unrelated to what is immaterial right if everything is energy then that which is tangible material is related to that which is intangible, energy. Energy that can't necessarily be seen, but can be felt, that animates the tangible. Okay, so the reason I say this is because we are in a space of reconceptualizing resource, right? We've so, for so long, been attached to money as resource and this is called the goddamn money line the channel is called that but what is money it's a symbol of wealth it's a symbol of resource money is a symbol of resource right so collectively over this week we are going to be engaging with this these themes of what are resources are they, are, is resource just money? Or are resources knowledge, time, energy, pleasure, frequency, land, skill sets, perception, perspective? What are resources? And how do we distribute resources? Do we white knuckle and control the resources outside of us because we feel a lack of resources within us? Or do we feel the abundance of resources in us? Do we feel the depth of the well? Do we feel the depth of the well and therefore we trust our inner authority to gauge whether we want to share the resources or not? Or who we want to share them with or how much we want to share them? So as we move through this collective transit where we have the money line for everybody, can we reimagine, can we use the temporary willpower that we are under the influence of to reimagine our use of and distribution of resources, especially within our fractals? We're coming to a moment here 
where we're going to change. We're going to experience a change on the individual level, on the tribal level, and on the collective level. We are coming to a mutation where we are going to move into a time space where the individual is individuated into itself more and more and attracts its fractal, attracts its people based on its rarefied frequency. And then within its fractal, its group, its community, its clan, its tribe, its circle of humans who it has attracted because of its own individual frequency, there's resources shared or not. So can we use this willpower rather than to try to control resource? Can we use it to reimagine our relationship with resource as individuals, as tribes, as collectives? And can we start to feel the relationship to control, not as control over, as having control, not as having to dominate or submit, those are themes in this channel. But as seeing our resourcedness as individuals and trusting that if I feel resourced within, then I can bring that resource without. I can bring that resource outside of me. If I feel resourced within, then my inner authority, my choice to submit, my choice to follow can be perfect leading. My choice to submit can be perfect dominance. Can we start to see how they're all interconnected? And if we keep feeding the circle, if we keep feeding the cycle, then the cycle can keep going. Think about, uh, what is it, like a water wheel, right? That like, um, that pulls water up from a stream and then delivers it into someone's house. You take the water away, the wheel's going to stop spinning. What are those actually called? Okay, it's called a water wheel or a water mill. Yes, I went and looked it up. But you know what I'm talking about, right? The, we don't really use them as much anymore, but they create, or maybe we do, I don't know. You see them in all the old houses. They create hydropower. They're water. They're reliant on water. Water is the resource that they're using to power the wheel. That's the same thing we're talking about here, but it's inner resource. It's instinct. It's body trust. It's inner authority that we're using to power the wheel as individuals. And then we come into a group of people doing that. And if everybody can do that, if everybody can trust their own resourcefulness, then we can really learn how to work together. And so under the influence of this channel, that's what we're looking at. And here's the thing, ready? So getting a little bit more specific here, the gate 21, the gate of control, it works best when it's serving a position of power. Okay. So again, think about the metaphor. 45 is the king or queen. The 21 is the huntress. The 21 works the best when it's not trying to power over, but when it's serving power. Perfect following is perfect leading. Perfect leading is perfect following. It feeds itself. Gate 17, this is what we're sitting in now. Then we're moving into these new themes of 4821. So can you see how this week, this last week, has equipped us to go, yeah, you know, perfect leading and perfect following, they, they're the same thing. So that when we get to the point where the 21 is saying, hey, look, I'm going to serve the 45. The hunter says, I'm going to serve the queen. It's not being dominated. It is empowered by its choice to serve. And then the queen, the 45, goes, cool, I trust you to serve. And I will make sure that you are benefiting from serving. Not by having power over you. But by ensuring that you have the resources you need to live to thrive, to keep the system going. I will ensure that you have the water you need to keep your wheel spinning. Because if your wheel's not spinning, my wheel's not spinning. These are big themes that we are looking at right now. 
They're cardinal. They're cardinal themes. They are leadership, but it's embodied leadership. Perfect following is perfect leading. And guess what? That's not egoic. That doesn't come from ego, right? This is omniscient. It can see the big picture. It can pull back and be like, oh yeah, if I can lead, I can follow. If I can follow, I can lead. Fabulous. Continue on. Okay. So as we move through this sun-earth transit, what will also be happening are a couple of oppositions that I mentioned at the beginning. Okay. So the, the gate 48, the gate of depth and the gate 21, the gate of control are what we're going to feel bigger picture. That's what, or that's what we're going to feel, you know, the kind of the spotlight on and the stage through which the spotlight is shining control and depth. However, as that is happening, we have Mercury currently retrograde until I think the 9th of October um, in Virgo in the gate six, the gate of friction, okay, or conflict. And across from it, opposing it, we've got Neptune, okay? So imagine Mercury, intellect, the messenger, communication, our thinking, going head to head, eye to eye, full stare down with the planet Neptune, illusion, dream, the thinning veil, right? This kind of projection. Neptune sitting in the gate 36, directly across from the gate six. So Neptune's in Pisces, it's boundless, it's intangible, it's penetrating, it's a little bit misty. And then you've got Mercury sitting in the gate six. It's structured, it's bodied, it's finite, it's friction because there's matter that you can feel and you can feel the edge of it. They're quite different. So right now is not the time to overthink and try to figure things out using your mind. Now is the time to flow, okay? If you find yourself in an overthinking pattern that's making you feel depleted of your resources, like you need to white knuckle and control, take a deep breath and say, how can I get into the flow? How can I get into my body? Oh, okay. I'm going to interface with the less tangible things. I'm going to interface with music. I'm going to pop headphones in. I'm going to dance. I'm going to feel my body move me rather than feel my mind move me. I'm going to write poetry. I'm going to write. I'm going to go immerse myself in some kind of beauty, whether it's family or nature or a museum. It matters not. Let yourself touch the intangible and take the pressure off of your mind, your intellect to try to figure things out. Now is not the time to do that. It's not. I mean, you can try. You can do whatever you want. In my opinion, hmm, it's not the time. Now, we also have another opposition. We've got Jupiter, which is retrograde. Jupiter, anything it touches, it makes big. It expands. It's law. It's protection. It's the bounty. Okay. Jupiter is in Pisces in the gate 25. The gate 25 is universal love. It's a G-center gate. It's all about acceptance. You know, in its kind of low octave form, it contracts around things and it, ugh. But in its high octave expression, it just accepts everything. Yeah, accept, 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 open, open, open. We've got Jupiter sitting across from Venus in Libra. Work on what has been spoiled. So what you can kind of bring your attention to right now as you've got this Jupiter in Pisces and Venus in Libra is being really optimistic about repatterning relational dynamics that have not served you. Work on what has been spoiled. Gate 18, Venus and Libra. Libra is the other. Relationship, partnership. Be optimistic, actually. Jupiter. Jupiter's optimistic. Be optimistic about repatterning those relational dynamics that do not serve you. Is it going to be a little bit uncomfortable? Hell yeah. Is it going to be worse if you get in your head and you start 
overthinking the friction and focusing on the crisis, yes, it will be. Gate six, where Mercury is sitting, friction. Neptune sitting in the 36th, crisis. Friction and crisis are here to move us. Not for us to hyper-focus on. So, be moved by them. Get into the flow. Find the art form. Get out of your head. And then when you start to see the pattern, which you maybe saw last week and maybe you're seeing it now, even more reinforced as the, after all, the sun was just sitting in the gate 18. And now we've got Venus sitting there, right? Sitting across from the gate 25. So you can be in your body, feeling your resources, feeling your trust of instinct, feeling, hey, if I'm resource within, I don't have to control without. And as I, as I sink into that, as I relax into that, I can find acceptance and I can be optimistic about going, you know what? I accept the patterns. I really clearly see I need to repattern. <laughs> I'm laughing because as I, yeah, anyways, resonance. Do you feel it too? I'm really clearly seeing the patterns, especially in relational dynamics that I can repattern. And I'm going to trust that I can be optimistic and not only accepting that I can repattern those, but in actually doing so. And I will trust that that will support my resources because it will change my frequency and it will change the people that I attract to me. And as it changes the people that I attract to me in my own space, I'm going to have more water feeding the wheel. I'm going to have more more power pressing the cycle forward. I'm going to have more resources, not just from myself, not just from myself, but from my family, my tribe, my clan, my crew, my fractal. Okay. So as if all of this juiciness was not enough by a week from today, a week from Sunday, October 2nd, we're going to be sitting in the energy of a full moon. We've got the sun in Libra and we have a full moon in Aries. Again, Aries is the self. Libra is the self and the other. The one and the seven, the the partnership. And so this axis is going to bring our attention to, yes, repattern the patterns that you're seeing that are less than optimal. Be optimistic about it. Trust, open into it, breathe into it big, trust that you've got this. And the full moon is going to be sitting in the gate 51, which is where the earth will have transited into by next week by Sunday really actually by Saturday and what we get with this next iteration with the earth in the 51 and the sun in the 57 the 57 is called the gentle it's the gate of intuitive clarity and it's it's acoustic it's listening Right? Again, it's, it's in the splenic center, so it's body awareness, it's instinct, it's attunement to the frequency that is sound as a way to receive information. And then we've got the earth and the 51. And the 51 is the gate of shock or arousing. And if you just felt a wave of anxiousness, take another deep breath because we're not perceiving this information through the mind. we're perceiving it through the body body shock can be an orgasm body shock can be oh it feels so good to give your friend a hug and it feels so good to just melt into them body shock can be so many things shock can be so many things but what shock almost always is is an invitation it's an arousing into individuation into the next iteration It's a will center gate. And it is the only will center or ego center gate that is not tribal. It's individual. And yet, what have we learned from this Aries-Libra axis? Self is innately related to the other. So, while this gate is not explicitly tribal, 
while it's not explicitly about the other. It is, by way of the relationship of all things, related to the other. So, what you might notice are some themes of initiation. Some themes of feeling, okay, well, if we are this, I am this other thing. Now, you can, we can't, none of us can control the process of being shocked, right? If we know about a surprise party being thrown for us, it's not a surprise. We can't force the arousal. We can't force the awakening. These are spontaneous things that unfold, which is what makes them magical. It's what makes them mystical. And this channel is innately mystical. And we're going to be sitting in it collectively for a moment. So more on that next week. Tune in then. But in the meantime, how are you, how are you feeling resourced? Are you feeling resourced? How have you related to the concept of resource, the concept of money, the concept of self, the concept of other? Have you seen those patterns come up? especially related to self and other and the relationship between that are probably ready to be repatterned, are probably ready to be reimagined. And are you trusting yourself to do just that? And as your body absorbs all of this energy, all of this information, are you following your strategy and authority and allowing your body and the sponge that it is to absorb the information and then trusting your inner authority trusting your yourself to follow your strategy and use your inner authority trusting that as you do that the opportunity to repattern will just organically come up and you'll see it because your mind won't be making decisions it will be awareness and so you'll see it loud and clear and it will be that easy easy fucking easy. Okay. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time. Easy.